Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. I think it's a great thing if you notice that your cycle is synced up with the moon, but don't put that pressure on yourself. It's more important to me that your periods are like painless, that your breasts aren't tender, that you're not like feel like your life is being destroyed every month. Like it's a bonus to me. I love it. It tickles me when I know that you and I and my girls are are, are menstruating in sync with the moon, but it's not you're not bleeding wrong if that if it's no right because there's some women that are like oh you know what i bleed on the full moon and i ovulate on the new moon it's like great great wonderful love it you're aware of it like welcome back to the better podcast with yours truly dr stephanie estima this show is for high performing women who want better bodies better minds better relationships better sex and better families and want to hear from a woman that can take the complex science and make it easy to integrate into everyday life. Every week, I'll be giving you access to world-class scientists, medical doctors, plastic surgeons, professional athletes, Olympic gold medalists, Hollywood actors, parenting coaches, sex experts, and psychologists. I am always looking to answer this question. What are the simplest things that we can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and it is my mission to be the voice for women. Let's get better together. All right, Bettys, we are AMA number eight. I am a huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovering health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature, 
We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family. And over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk. And my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres-ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot, as I have been doing, with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate, Melody, you love the best. I am back with my partner in crime, partner in shine, Miss Stephanie Major. Welcome back. Oh, feel, I say this every time we start a podcast, but it feels so good to be back recording with you. This one has been a minute. It's been since what, July, since we've recorded yeah. a podcast. And there's a variety of reasons. You've had a lot of things going on, a lot of um, creation and a lot of moving. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's been, it's been since like July was AMA number seven. And it's funny because like the minute that AMA seven came out, I was in the Facebook meeting. I'm like, all right, guys, we're gearing up for number eight. And I was like, oops. So we had the year anniversary podcast, which was kind of like a AMA, but not, we didn't answer any questions, which is going to be jamming. Um, but yeah, July to, to October. This is, we're recording in October. This is going to come out in November, like early November. So, uh, yeah, we've we put won't. safety measures in place. We already have AMA number nine <laughs> yes. booked. It's in the calendar. We already yes. have our end of the year wrap up. So we are not going to leave our beddies hanging. We are going to be again. answering all of your questions. And I wanted to bring up, because I, I, I mentioned this to you the other day, but this was a moment that I was like, oh. Betty is such a powerful word. And I was listening to my 16-year-old daughter and she was on the phone with her friend. Did not realize that I was listening in on, I was in the same room and she didn't realize I was there. And I heard her say to her friend, no, 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 my mom's not a Karen. My mom's a Betty. (laughs) (laughs) And while I hate like that, like name for women, because I feel like we always give names to women in like a disempowering yeah. kind of Where's negative. the Doug? Where's the asshole Doug? Like where's yeah. the guy with the bad name for the... Yeah, yeah, totally. But I was like, oh, what a beautiful shift that we're like giving yeah. such an empowered word to, you know, a group of females. So I was like, wow. That's great. I love that. And But just for the record, we actually know lovely Karens. We know people who are named Karen that are lovely. Um, but I totally, I totally get the sentiment. And I love, uh, this is, this is for my niece Hales, like good for you, Haley, for, for saying that and adopting that word, because that's exactly, that's exactly what we want, right? We, that's what we want. We want to be, um, encouraging people to be, uh, to be Bettys. So. To be Bettys. Okay. So a few reasons we, you've been really busy. You had a a recent move. Indeed. You moved from one true. house, not a condo, not an apartment, a whole house into <sighs> another whole house, which is a is a thing. 
It's a, so like, I, I remember, um, I remember when I used to counsel patients on stress and I'm like, you know what the two biggest things are in terms of stress is divorce and moving. And they're so thing because they often happen at the same time, right? You get divorced then someone has to move out or whatever, but maybe both parties have to move out. So there was no divorce in this, in this case, but there was a move. Like we've moved into, you know, our dream house. This is, you know, everything that I ever have wanted in a house, but damn, like we're a family of five. Like there's a lot we have a lot of stuff. And I I said, you know, going into the move, I was like, okay, energetically, I want to get rid of the things that we that we've kind of accumulated over time, but not really using. It's just sort of stuff and like, you know, taking up energetic and physical space in the house. So as we were packing up the kitchen, as we were packing up the living room, the bedrooms, the things, the, the kids' rooms, like we were like, okay, do we need this? Yes or no? We, I was Marie Kondoing. I was like, does this bring me joy? Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I was having a conversation with someone earlier and it, I, I just think it's so important to look at either things, physical things or things that we're doing in our lives and go, is this still true for me? Yeah. Do I still want this? Is this still my belief? Is this still my goal? Is this still the sweater that I want to keep in my closet (laughs) that I have not worn? Although I will say, look, look at this belt. I have not worn this belt in two years because I didn't know it was there because it was like piled in some like box. I had just put it away for the season and I forgot about it. So that's the other nice thing about moving is you're like, oh, I have, I have belts. Like I have, you know... Like I know every piece of clothing you have. And I was like, does she go on a shopping spree because she's wearing all these things that I've never seen before? But yeah. really it's just old moved. stuff. It's just yeah. old stuff that I forgot about that I had, which is always the best feeling. So yeah, so there's that. So we were moving. I'm still moving in. Like there's right now we're at the stage of moving in where it's like the papers. So, you know, the really exciting parts like when the dining room comes and the chairs come, like you know where those things are gonna go. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, okay, I gotta set up a filing system, a paper system for myself, a filing system, a paper system for Giovanni, for the stuff that comes for the kids, you know, like report, you know, like papers that we print out with their teachers and all that kind of stuff. So I'm in that phase right now, which is slower and potentially a touch more annoying, but it gives me so much satisfaction because I went through all the paperwork that was like old and outdated that we still had filed away that we didn't need. So like just really purging and it feels cleaner. It feels lighter. It's like the tedious work, but it's going to have a longer lasting, more organized kind of feel to it. It's like the long, it's the long game. All the little work you're doing now is going to just make the house run more smoothly. So with any change, in my experience, even when it's good change, it can be challenging. So I'm so curious, did you feel, did you have to grieve the old home? Were you really ready to go into this home? Did you have anything like that come up for you? I was really grateful to my, like, I feel really, really in, like grateful for my old home. Like I was ready to move on from it. Um, we were thinking about doing like renovations to it. And like the, we had a architect come and take a look and like, first of all, the price tag was like gargantuan. And then also like, where are we going to live? We're a family of five. It's not like we can just pile into someone's house. Like, it's like, Hey, major, right. like move over. I'm you know, me and my three sons and my husband, we're going to, you know, we're going to come. So, um, it was it was a good decision for us, but I will say that that house was really, yeah. you know, it was the first house that um, I moved into post uh, divorce, and you know, my it, it's 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 been a house that's kept me safe, and I felt like it was my nest, and it helped me grow. Um, 
you know, sometimes your your environment really does dictate like your mental so state. And I feel we had like a little ceremony. So we had like the kids were also like, oh, like, you know, Andreas wrote like in his closet, like Andreas was here, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like all that kind of little, all those little ceremonial things. But we said goodbye to the house. We had a little dinner. Usually around dinner time, we we ask, you know, or we go around with the kids, like, what are you grateful for today? So we had a special one for the house, like all the things that the house um, has given us and has done for us. So properly said goodbye to it and just really excited now to it's important to sort of close the chapter Mm -hmm. and then stop looking at it right and then like now just look forward so now i'm so excited to be in this house this is the this act this uh recording that we're doing now is officially the the second recording that i've done for the podcast here so um yeah, I like getting the audio right and like setting up the mic and all that kind of stuff. So really, really excited to be here. And I feel like I'm sleeping really well. My kids are so excited to be sleeping in their own beds. And all, there's just a lot of good stuff that's already happened from being in this new place. I think it's just a, a very obvious sign of personal growth. Because I think that if we haven't done a lot of growth or a lot of healing in ourselves, we hold a lot of attachment to the things that were, and it prevents us from really moving forward. And those transition periods can be really, really challenging. Mm -hmm. But I even noticed it in myself because I can be very sentimental towards memories and places and people. So even when I knew that I'm like, oh, this is probably the last time I'm ever going to be in Steph's house. And I've spent a lot of time there and I worked from there and I've walked over hundreds of times. The tears that we've shed and (laughs) the the things that we've achieved, like with Geo's company, with like my, my podcast was birthed in that, in that home. Right. So yeah, but I didn't have a moment where I was like, Oh, I'm really sad to be letting this go. I just had an appreciation of the time spent there. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, we're going to make even greater, better, better memories in the new better memories (laughs) this show all right what else have you been going on okay you have been writing a book i finished it i finished finished the manuscript yeah i finished the manuscript last was it last week yes last week i handed in the final manuscript my editor just came back and was like um you forgot the dedications part did you want to dedicate it to i was like oh oops yes i do i want to put dedications so i had to put dedications and i forgot to put in about the author (laughs) So she's oh, like, you didn't yeah. have anything about yourself. They're just like, mm. it's like, hey, let's just dive into all the science. Anonymous. Like, no, no, con- no context, right? So she's like, okay, I need you to do a dedication and an about the author. But like the man, like the content is done. Uh, so excited about it. We're kind of moving now from the content writing p- part of the book into the the marketing and the like the fun things like the book we just did the book cover photo shoot which you were there for so that was oh my god that and i said i said that day and i think we should share this with our betties too mm. i said if i don't sell one copy like just that day the experience of that day like the amount of laughing and you know joy that we had on that day i'm fine if the book flops like i mean obviously i wanted to do well and i'm going to you know do my best to get it out to people to help them but God, that day was so special. We had, I have to shout out to our, my photographer, Darius Bashar, and I'll put his, I'll put his uh, Mm -hmm. um, website in the show notes, but he's such a, he knows how to coax me out of me. You know what I mean? Like he knows, because in the beginning I was just like stiffly standing, like a stiff smile, like, you know, and then 
he was like, okay, like take a breath and think about your kids and, you know, um, you know, close your eyes, take a deep breath in. And then when you open your eyes, like do a twirl, you know, <laughs> so he has all these little, you know, techniques, these like professional little techniques to bring out more of a, more of my true essence, more of my true spirit. So we had, we started off doing some, uh, I think I had an outfit. It's like one of my favorite, like three piece, out, like mm-hmm. three piece suits. I started with like a checkered outfit and then we were like, okay, it's time to bring out the big guns now. Now we're bringing out the purple satin Dolce & Gabbana dress. We're bringing the baby out. We couldn't put on heels, even though the heels are not in the shop, but the heels are necessary energetically for the shot. Yeah. You know, and then he set up like the backdrop and all. We this. were like a team of three people that was like working like we were an entire crew of 20 that was getting this yes. <laughs> cover shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Photo shoot done. And I I love Darius. I have so much respect for his process. And it's so much more than just let's get a pretty picture. Totally. There's so much intention mm-hmm. put into the process. And, and even we'll share a really funny moment that happened. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to even add a little bit more color to it is before the photo shoot, you had invited me to come along. Mm-hmm. And I had a chat with Darius and I said something about, oh, and I'll see you on Friday. And he said, oh, you're coming? I'm like, oh yeah, I hope that's okay because I know he has a very specific process. And he's like, you know, normally I would say no, that it will be disruptive. I really need to be in and deep and connected to the person that I'm doing a photo shoot. But knowing the both of you, I'm not worried about that. So I'm like, okay, Darius, I promise I will not be a disruption. You won't even know that I'm there. I'm just going to be a little Betty on the wall that's just like pumping stuff up and excited and there. So we go. (laughs) I know what you're going to say, so I'm already laughing. So this is in my mind, right? Be a little mouse. Be quiet. You're, it's a gift that you're here. So the photo shoot starts. You are looking incredible. He has you set up. You have like your arm on this mantle. He has his camera. You're getting into the process. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I can be so helpful. I'll take some behind the scenes shots. But I'm going to be so quiet. They're not even going to notice me. (laughs) And I start sneaking over with my camera in hand to over to this chair. And I put my knee on the chair, not knowing that this was a rocking chair. And my entire body, mind and soul flipped forward. Like my hair, like it was... (laughs) Oh my God, Bettys, if you saw this, I... I couldn't breathe. He was like, Darius was like, okay. I was, I had the ugly cry. He was like, he's like, I think your makeup is like, you're wet. Like your eyes are wet. We cannot take a close up of your face because you're like, it was just like all the water was accumulating in my orbit and like my socket. It was so funny. And then he said, I have failed. I have failed. (laughs) This is not mouse. This is not mouse. Like, like entire hair, like not expecting to fall forward. I don't even think I made a sound because that's one thing I was holding on to. Like, at least I don't 
don't make it sound. <laughs> you oh. were quiet about it. And then Darius is like, oh, I get you too now. Like I get, cause we both couldn't, we were like, you know, when you cry so hard that it's silent, like you are just like, your body's yeah. just convulsing, but you're not making any noise. Like that what was happening to me. Or you hold in the laugh, but you know, <laughs> it's still going to come out. And like, it's still there, even though I'm stopping and I have to now be professional. Like it's not going to oh stop. God. We can't make eye contact. So oh, then we I went up to the second like, level. <laughs> like, I'm going to go up to the loft so that she doesn't see me. And I'll still take behind the scenes. <laughs> so she was on the loft. So Darius's um, uh, studio, the second level is like a loft, like it's open. So she was like crouching behind like a filing cabinet. So I could still see her hair like popping up over the cabinet and her phone still trying, still going for the behind. The- oh God. I just, I was like, God, I love you so much because you're still so dedicated to the cause. <laughs> Guys, I take my job as best Betty so seriously. Like I'm just like trying my very best. I was committed. I was like on a mission. (laughs) Like I'm ugly crying right now. Like I'm crying right now. I I just will remember that. I mean, that was hilarious, but just the energy and the best. It was the bet. Like we were just creating together and we were talking about this afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, you said something like, you know, I love that you know, during that photo shoot, I felt like I was so happy for her and I could be, you know, present for her and not have the, like, I can see my makeup now. Like I have like my eyes are running, but you you said, you know, like I can see, like I, I, there was not a thing, like there was not like a moment where you were like, what about me? Or, you know, why is she getting all the attention? And you said something like, and maybe you can explain this a bit more, but you said something like, I know that when that's, when it's my turn to do that, when I'm going to be you know, doing the photo shoot or doing the whatever it is that I, me, Stephanie, will be there supporting you and doing the exact same thing. And there's never going to be any like animosity or um, like jealousy or envy or anything. You're just all in service to your friend. And I think that that um, I thought that that was really um, such a such a poignant observation because I think so often we don't. We, you know, that there's that meme that's like, you know, queens fix other queens' crowns, right? Like we all support and love each other. And I would, that's sort of the whole thing around creating, you know, even the Betty, um, the, you know, amalgamating our Bettys for the podcast, right? Is like having women who are supporting other women. And, you know, there's a couple of questions in the AMA that we can kind of dive deeper into with female friendships, but I think, um, yeah, it was it was a really special experience for me too because as I've, you know, we've said this before on the pod, um like I grew up, you know, not having like a lot of good friends and kind of being alone and kind of being bullied and picked on and stuff. So it was really um I've also put up my own walls around that which have, you know, completely now been dismantled because I'm like, oh, there's like other women that are not out to get you or whatever. So. Yeah, there were so many moments lately where I was reflecting on our friendship and I'm like we have such a healthy relationship. Yeah. Really healthy. And and one of the moments was when you were moving and you were so busy, you had so much going on. And, and I was like, oh, I really miss stuff. And yet I don't feel neglected. I don't feel like, hey, she's not texting me as much. Like I was very aware of what you were doing. And I mean, there was a few nights where I was like pulling on our little invisible string that we have connected to us. And I was like, hmm, wonder if she feels this. 
<laughs> but it was just like, oh, I can't wait until she's done nesting and I can go over and we can like celebrate and rejoice and like catch up. But there's never any, hey, what about me? Right. It's just happiness. And that's what I felt during the during the photo shoot too. Just how honored that I get to be part of the process. I could not have done it without you, by the way. Oh. There's no way. Yeah. And so Guys, I was the wafter. It was the first job that I think that I was ever fired from, but I had to be the person that had this cardboard to blow, <laughs> to blow my hair. Blow. <laughs> I was trying to get like the Beyonce hair, you know, like the big JLo hair. And uh, Darius is like, okay, um, we're going to move. We're going to get a fan. He didn't even say that. He just went to the other room and pulled a fan out. And I was like, mm, I think I'm being fired right now. <laughs> But I loved it. And I was like, here's my friend. She's having one of the biggest life moments. I get to be part of it. I get to brush her hair. I get to blow the wind in her face. I get to say like, yes, you look incredible. Do this. Move your arm down. And really, because I know, because I love and know the Betty so well, I was able to help with like the intention or the feeling or just like well, that's where you really shine. You're like, your shoulder's up. You need to put your hand down. Like, stop doing that weird thing with your finger. Like, it was, you know, like, because you could see the pictures as they were coming in. So, and I really appreciated that because when you're taking a photo, when you're in a, it's so, like, you have no idea how you look. Like, you look at the, you know, magazine covers, and you're like, wow, how'd they get that really interesting line? And now I know it's because they take 4,000 pictures 4, and there happens to be one or two that are actually really great. Um, so that was, that was, that was really, really wonderful. So I'm glad that you were fired from wafting my hair because you couldn't do it. And you were actually much better at directing me. You were like, like, I'll just, um, peel your carrots instead and make you a little (laughs) snack. Like it blew my mind that you were snacking during a photo shoot. I don't know where that superpower came from, but like, (laughs) but I didn't spill the pickle juice all over my satin dress. Yeah. And that you weren't worried about that's how you know that you take such good care of yourself. You weren't worried about any bloating. You had the skin tight satin dress that mm-hmm. just no showed spanks. the world your no and no spanks. No spanks. Just like here's my body world. And I was like, she just ate five pickles, two carrots, and like <laughs> and hummus. turkey <laughs> and hummus. And none of it got on the dress. And actually, I w- we should just share one thing. So that dress actually was not first in line in my mind. So I had this idea because, you know, the Betty... And how long? Tell them how long you had that dress in your mind that you were sure, you were positive. a week. Easily. Like we did Dreamer Festival. I wore this dress at Dreamer Festival. So um, Giovanni ran a... had an event called Dreamer Festival. It's this blue, like a navy blue dress. It has like white polka dots. It's kind of vintage. It has like this sort of vintage feel to it. And like it has... It's a gorgeous dress. Mm. I was like, this is the perfect dress for the cover of my book because Betty, you know, Betty Davis, Betty what, you know... Like red lipstick, you know, woman power. Like it, it sort of spoke to my vintage heart. So I was like, this is the dress. And Major is like, for the record, <laughs> I think this is not the dress. Like in her super gentle, loving, like maybe you should consider, like I think the purple dress, but like mm-hmm. totally your call. So I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to do like what I think. Like the, yeah. it's, the, it's the navy blue dress with the polka dots, okay? So I go upstairs. I put on the skirt, no problem. I, so it's like a two-piece. So it's a skirt and a halter top. The halter top, I have never seen this happen, but I zip. So it has like a zip in the back. So I put the little thing in to zip it up, like the little, whatever that thing is, that little line that you put in the zipper to 
catch it or whatever. The zipper bursts into, I don't know, four pieces, which I've never seen before. And then the little halter string also, the, not one, but two areas where the thing hooks in, those both come undone. And I was like, Okay. And even though the universe was like, bitch, this is not your dress. I have just exploded the zipper. I was like, uh, excuse me, Major, can you come and pin this? Because the top has come apart and whatever. So she heard like, you okay. make a sound from upstairs that I knew was only the sound of a woman whose zipper or dress like came apart. apart. Like you didn't have to say anything. I was like, her dress, it's the zipper. Yeah. So, so you came. Pinned me up. Pins. Yeah. Fistful. So my zipper now is broken. The halter top is broken. So she's pins me all the way up. And then we go down and we do a light test. Like, so Darius, like, okay, I'm testing the light. It's going to take me about 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, just stand here for me, please. So I stood, he took the picture, and then he was like fiddling with whatever, all the gadgets he had for the lighting. And I looked at the sample and I was like, this is not the dress. Like, it's not the dress. It's not, um, extraordinary enough. Like, I don't know what the word is, but it wasn't enough. Like, it just seemed like it wasn't the right... Energetically, it wasn't. It seemed dark. It seemed flat on the on the thing. And Major's like, just so you know, I just want to... I said the purple dress. Just not saying I told you so. Just, I said it. And I was yeah. like, all right, you said it, girl. You were right. So I put it on. And of course, it's fabulous. It's perfect. I don't know why I don't, I don't, I don't know why I make any decision without you. So, um, well, the universe, okay, the universe is always sending us clues. It's always sending us messages. There are so many because even from the dress breaking, from Darius going, you know what? I'm going to set up a monitor so that so that I and him and you can take some photos and look at the monitor. But we weren't doing that originally. Originally, no. you were just going to be taking the photos. Yeah. We'd stop, look at a bunch. Mm-hmm. So the dress exploded. The goddess ripped it apart. He <laughs> set up the monitor. Cleopatra was like, not this dress. <laughs> You know, Isis, like the goddess of, you know, they came back from the, and they were like, this is not the dress for you. And then even, even more is that I was doing the light tests before, but you just happened, I think, because I was peeling your carrots that you did the light test in yes. that dress. And yeah. we were then able to see on the monitor and go, yeah. no. Yeah. It was a and flat, put it the looked purple flat. dress on. Yeah. He pulled down like this beautiful orange backdrop that he had that he's only used for one other shoot. And then just magic started to unfold. Yeah. And who would have thought orange? I I would have never thought. I mean, it looks so, so... I think he had used it for... Was it like a Nigerian model? Mm. Or she had this beautiful, like deep black skin and like the orange really had, I don't, I can't remember why he had, he's like, he only had used this for this one particular Nigerian um, actress or model before. And it just looked like heaven with my skin. So uh, yeah, it was really, really great, really good experience. And that's why I wanted to share it with the Bettys. Like I wanted to make sure that we talked about it because it's kind of behind the scenes a little bit too for the book, but also, you know, the power of friendship and what, what happens when you ignore the universe, you know, like what happens when you ignore all the signs, you know, your dress is going to come undone. And, um, and, uh, yeah, and that's kind of when the magic really happens. So it's really, really, really amazing story and lessons in everything. So when you look at that book cover, you can just listen to this episode and see all of the kind of behind the scenes stuff that happened. Did you, did you feel like, I just want to get into your head a little bit. Like, what were you thinking? You were, were you, 
aware that you were like shooting the cover of a book that you wrote? Like, or were you just kind of like, okay, this is a photo shoot. Like what was going on? Did you feel calm? Were you nervous? Were you, you didn't, I was very calm. I was very calm. So I've, I've shot with Darius before. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, knowing him and having some familiarity with him always helps, but I knew that it was for this book and like, I plan to write more books, but it's my first one. And I really wanted to put my absolute best effort in. And it was like, I was, you know, I can't remember who, like, you remember that old song, like, you better work. Like, you know, yep. it was like yep. RuPaul or something. RuPaul. Like, I was like, no, I, I am going to work with an E. I'm going to W E R K. Like, I'm going to work it. So he was like, okay, you got to do this. And then you got to open your mouth a little bit. And then you got to tilt your head a little bit, chin a little bit down. And I was like, okay, all those things. So, you know, so it's like every time I took a shot, I was like, okay, chin down, a little forward, a mouth slightly parted, you know, smizing, you know, it's like the Tyra Banks, like smiling with your eyes and like, hold. Your this hand in. on your hip. Not yeah, this hand on this your hip. Like, Don't do that weird pointy thing. Like I had this weird other hand that was like, I look like a claw. Like I had a ha- normal hand and a lobster hand. Like for the... <laughs> for the most part. I was always like, this picture is perfect, except your your hands your are claws. claws. <laughs> yeah. You have, you, except you, you look like... Yes. So... Uh, yeah. So I was working like, I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And he's like, okay, here's this little trick. You got to step forward and then pause at the forward and then do this thing. And so I, everything he was like, he was coaching me. I was like, give it to me, coach, put me in coach, like give it, give it all to me because I want to really put my best foot forward or my best, you know, image forward for this book. I'm putting my, like my face and my body on the, on the, on the cover of this book. So I really wanted it to be really good. And it was just, it was almost like, um, in a way, it was almost like labor. So I remember when I went into labor with my children, with both children, there was like this moment where I just went like, okay, it's go time. It's like, this is the time that like, you know, all the stuff that I've read and all, it doesn't matter now. Now I have to get into my body. Now it's like, it's time to produce. It's time to produce this baby and move this baby through my pelvis. And that was kind of this, it was very similar in a way with the photo shoot. I was like, okay, it's go time. Like we kind of had this like energetic shift where we're like, this dress not working, get the purple dress on, put the backdrop on, get the monitor up. It was like, okay, it's go time now. It's time to get that picture. And I was like, I'm going to work until I get it. Or I'm going to, until my hair fails, which is what ended up happening because my hair, because all the wind, because the wind at some point... I can keep going, but my hair, nah. My hair hair was just like a frizz ball from all the wind blowing at it for like 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it was. So I was like, I'm going to get it. We're going to get it. And then there was a song that came on. I wish I remember. It was was a Portuguese song or it was a... Brazilian song. And I was like, this is the song. We're going to get it. I don't know why it's just this song. And I think that's when we actually took yeah, the I final photo that we selected. Like you could just feel it. It was like, this you is felt it. it in the air. Yeah. There, uh, there yeah. was that energy and everything that was coming up on that monitor, like squeaking. You were like, ah, this yeah. one, that one, this one was so good. Like you were in the background, like, yes, good, go, don't stop. Do you just keep doing what you're doing? Yeah. Like, so I knew we were getting it when you were getting really excited looking at the monitor. Yeah. And uh, there, he also said during the the photo shoot, he was like, you love taking pictures. He's like, that is so rare. Mm-hmm. And I really do. I really, really did really enjoy it. And I love playing with the camera. It was something that I didn't I, think I would ever like. See, and then I, I, I've done photo, I've done a photo shoot with Darius too. And I'm like, you know what? I really wish I would have been able to see you do a photo shoot before I did mine. Because I don't think women give themselves permission enough 
to enjoy taking pictures. I think I remember my mother like always avoiding the camera and like I kind of adopted that same behavior and it was like, no, 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 I'll take the picture. No, 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 don't take it. Like there's probably like 9,000 photos of me with just like my hands up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just haven't given myself permission to enjoy looking, feeling myself and beautiful and seen. And I'm like, women, we need to just We need ourselves. more of that. And I'm always, I'm so attracted to, I don't know if you've ever looked at like, you know, my grandmother or my great aunts. I would always look at photos of them when they were younger. And it was always like, there was no smile. They were just kind of staring at the camera, which maybe was the style at the time. I don't know. Or maybe just my, they were not happy. I don't know what it is, but they were just never smiling. And I was like, wow, like, I wish I had more. I wish I had more images of you know, action shots or that because it was always them like standing posing next to their husband or a family shot or something. And I always wish I had more. So I love photos like this to capture us right now so that when we're 80 or 90, it's like, remember, remember that when we did that together? So I, I do agree. I think that women need to be, um, you know, however, you are perfectly imperfect, right? We're all, per- I have imperfect, like we all have imperfections, right? That we're, you know, at the end of the shoot, he was like, okay, which one? And I'm like, I hate all of them. I can't look at them anymore. I'm overdosed on photos. They're all terrible. We haven't gotten the picture. And he was like, okay, you've reached your maximum. Yeah. Go home, take a bath, like calm down. So I think just when you look at yourself on camera, it's, 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 it's hard. It can be hard, right? Cause you're like, oh, I see all these flaws or whatever. Yeah. Um, but just really, looking at it with the lens of like capturing your essence, right? Like you are such a unique, beautiful, everyone, everyone listening to this, unique, beautiful, extraordinary individual with a story to tell and, you know, a purpose to be here on planet earth. Um, and I think that that's important. It's, it's worth capturing. It's worth capturing. Oh, I've taken photos before and I'm like, ew, I am hideous Same. in this photo. I shall yes. never look at it again. And then a couple of years later, I'm back in my camera roll and I look at that picture and I'm like, wait, I actually look great in this photo, but it's yeah. that filter. We put a filter. It depends on what your mindset is at the time, what's going on, how you're feeling that day, but you can look at it with completely d- different eyes. So don't always trust that first way that you see yourself. Like, yeah. Or you're like, oh God, I look so terrible. I look like I have so much weight. And then you go back a couple of years later, like, oh my God, I looked amazing. What was I thinking? Yeah. And that's why I love one thing that he does where he'll make you look at a photo for an entire 10 seconds. A a minute. He's like, we're just going to look at this for like 45 seconds to a minute. You're not allowed to say anything. And I'm like, what? (laughs) This is what I was thinking you was going in your head, like an entire minute. This isn't very efficient. I can get all the information I need in the first five seconds. (laughs) No, I, but I, I did that. Yeah, I did that in my head. And I was like, no, I'm not allowed to talk. So I'll just be quiet and go with what he's selling me. Yeah. So it was, I loved it. It was really great. Yeah. And um, there's actually a shot um, when we release the, when I get the image of the book done and stuff, I will, uh, there's this one shot of Major fixing my hair. It was like, she was supposed to be like out of the shot, but she was still fixing because my hair was falling apart at this point, like all the curls. And I was like, I had like this frizzy, you know, lion's mane. And so this one shot where she's fixing my hair. And honestly, it's one of my favorite shots. It's like, it's just this my is little what hand I'm, and like a hairbrush. And a hairbrush and you're in the shot and I'm still posing. And I just, I love it so much. We will release that in one of the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. When I get the, I have to get the book cover done, blah, blah, blah. But once that's done, um, I want to give my Betty's um, access to that kind of behind the scenes photo. Because it's honestly one of my favorite photos. Me too. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Me too. Okay. We're going right. to move on to another conversation 
And this is really funny because Betty's, you can roll back the tape, roll back the tape to one of our AMAs where I went, I love being single. Being single is so great. I'm going to teach the Bettys how great being single is. Then COVID happened. Okay. (laughs) This is like, I was not prepared. I was not ready, but my, my, um, oh yeah. What I thought at the time about dating is now completely changed, but, but what I'm really using it for is just to be more reflective and think about relationships and think about myself and how I want to show up in relationships. And you, oh, you have one of my most favorite love relationships ever. <laughs> You've gotten engaged. You're getting married. Yes, we promised the Bettys we would tell them. Yeah. 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 So I have a few relationship questions, but I want to know, should we go into the engagement story? Do you want to talk a little bit about how you felt, how it went? Can I, or should I ask you my questions? What <laughs> ask, you- ask your questions and then we'll, okay. um, I think it's a funny, I think the engagement story is kind of, and it, it's so me in some ways and it's, it's, it, it's so entertaining, but I, I'll hear, I want to hear your re- relationship questions and I can tag on the engagement story quickly. Okay. So these are deeper kind of questions, but because you and I are very similar, I'm so curious how you navigated some of these things. So the listeners probably, they've heard us talk about Giovanni, but this man is very rare, very special. He's kind, he's loving, he's, he's in tune with his feminine and his masculine. He's giving, he's generous, he's thoughtful. He's patient. And on, and when I first met him, I'm like, mm, what's, what's the catch here? Like, <laughs> no way, right? Yeah. Too good to be true. There's something going on. So I want to know, did you feel that? Did you think that? Were you waiting kind of like, how did you trust that he was really that man that he presented himself oh as? God, what a question. Um, yeah, I would I would say that I did definitely have my guard up with him because I was like, what's the catch? He's like a secret gambler. Or he's like <laughs> a, you know, he's like a cracker. You know, he's going to like, we're going to have a shared joint account and then he's going to like his yeah. addiction, you know, so something's going to come up, right? Um I think, um, and and I'll be very honest here. Um, I, I just my upbringing, right? Like just yeah. with the type of relationship that I saw modeled. Um, even though I'm aware of it, consciously aware of it, that doesn't necessarily mean that my limbic system gives a shit. So, like my limbic system still is like protect yourself. He's there's something's going to show up. You're not going to see. You know, he doesn't know how to handle money, or he doesn't know. Like there's, you know, yeah. he's something's going to show up, or you know, whatever, and. Um, I would say that I kept my guard up with him and you know maybe there's still a piece of me where there's just still like a I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean of course it's it's not it's much better now we're engaged and like I yeah. you know, I know him very well but in the in the beginning it was like okay what's the thing here what's the everyone's got a thing you know like everyone's got a thing he's probably you know maybe he's going to start off really sweet and then he's going to turn into like we'll just get these little comments about you know, well, you're not really that smart or you're not really that whatever. Um, So I would say that it's been a, you know, it's been a process for me to let him in. Like there's several layers of brick walls that I have, and you've done Reiki on me. You've seen the thorns around my heart. 
So um, there's been several layers of protection that I have just accrued over time Mm -hmm. that have slowly shed, slowly shed, slowly shed. And there's been moments where like I could feel them shedding. Like there'd be like a crying, um, like some, there'd be some instance where, you know, maybe I'd, I would, I would have gotten upset with him or I had been triggered and I'm like now like in my limbic brain and I'm like, see, it's like always like this. Guys are always like this. Guys are always like this. And then he just like holds the space for me. doesn't yell. Like maybe I'm like yelling or I'm saying like, I can't, you're just like, blah, blah, blah. You're just like, and, um, and he would just allow me to have my feelings, you know, not try to shut them down and be like, no, I'm just going to like love you harder. Like that's what you need right now is you need more love. You need, you feel scared and I see that. And so I was like, oh, you mean you're not going to yell back? Like I'm like digging in here. Like I've, I'm saying aggravating things that I know are going to... You were testing. You. That was my question. Totally. Because I'm when totally- I see things in someone, I'm like, hmm, is this really true? Mm-hmm. Let me just test, test, test. And that can really, in my experience, like hurt a relationship or Mm -hmm. can really, if you are believing that it's true, it in some ways can then end up being true because you're like manifesting it. You make it happen. Yeah. You totally make it happen. happen. So how did you test, break down your walls while also like keeping this healthy relationship that was so that is so vibrant and and fruitful like so was it p- part was it really him being patient with you through those things I think it, part of it is him being yeah. patient and saying, okay, like she right now is regressed into this like, you know, smaller, scared baby Steffi, like little mm-hmm. Steffi version. I think a lot of it has been my own work as well. So I have yeah. really done a lot of personal work and healing in terms of like what I would consider and many others would consider trauma from my upbringing. So physical trauma, emotional trauma, um, et cetera. So I've you know, whenever you think of any any relationship, it's not my ideal type of relationship. Is not that we're codependent on each other, right? It's mm-hmm. not that we're like mm-hmm. in, enmeshed mm-hmm. with each other that we can't live without each other. I want us both to be completely full and whole yes. and independent. And then when you come together, then there's like it's like the Venn diagram, right? Like there's a, there's aspects that overlap and you're interdependent, right? But the but the two holes coming together are actually larger than the two individuals. So I guess like interdependent would be you know maybe an appropriate word there so it's been a lot of personal work as well like it, there there came a point in time when i was like okay i i really do have to grow up because um i have been in relationships in the past that were you know started when i was very young and r- immature and of course you you those things propagate over time mm-hmm. and um for geo um there just came a time where I was like, okay, I actually got to work on this. Like I got to go into my little, you know, Betty cave and, uh, and, and figure this out or at least have more conscious awareness of it. And Mm. one of the biggest things I think I have learned just personally, um, and this has been something that's only just come to me recently, you know, with the podcast and with my own work, like we taught, we've just had a podcast release on MDMA and I talked about my experience in healing with MDMA and, and, um, you know, how I really felt like talk therapy didn't, I don't know if I talked about this with Dr. Maya, but I never felt talk therapy helped with me. Um, I did years and years and years yep. of it. Uh, did CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy. It, the big thing for me was 
knowing that my body was safe, right? So I would get really scared of my body because it had so much emotion and so much unprocessed raw stuff. But the MDMA really allowed me to kind of get into my body, process those things, metabolize them, have a have a fuller understanding of my darkness and my shadows. Mm-hmm. So that's really helped. And I think the other big thing is that my thoughts are not me. <laughs> so wow. I may have these thoughts. I may be like, you know what? I shouldn't trust him. And usually I'm tired. I haven't eaten. <laughs> you know, there's some, I'm cranky. I haven't slept well. Like there's some reason why I'm th- like, my thoughts are not actually me. And to be aware that my thoughts, where my thoughts are coming from. So sometimes I'll have like a, you know, maybe I should send a little aggravating text to Gio and see what, you know, but that's like, oh, I'm thinking from my limbic brain. That's the, my limbic brain thinking, you know, like versus like, let me just check in and see how Gio's doing. Like, does he need support? Is it, you know, like, that's more. Like that's more cortical thinking, right? So just understanding where the thoughts are coming from, from my brain. And I know that that sounds really silly for someone that has studied the brain, but you know, there's, there's this hubris, I think that we all, when you think, you know, like, it's like, I know the brain, you know, like, I know, I know what meditation does. You should be doing meditation. I don't need to do this stuff. (laughs) You need to do this stuff because I know all the things, you know, like there, there's this, like, I think this arrogance that whether or not you, I mean, I'm hyper aware of it because I never want to be that like egoic, Mm -hmm. you know, bigger, like, I don't, that's not, that's not what I want, but I, I, um, I think I've come to an understanding where I can really understand physiology and I can understand all the biology and all the, you know, all the mechanics and the chemistry, but also understand that I too am human. I too err. I too make mistakes and to understand and to have some compassion for that girl who's making a mistake. So for me, it's like thoughts are not my things and then my own personal work. And that's really allowed me to come into the relationship more whole, um, more uh, a better regulator of my own emotions. Mm-hmm. And then when I am feeling really strong emotions to know that I sh- probably shouldn't be acting out in that second. Like I probably, and I often say this, like I need a timeout. Like I just need like, yeah. can we just stop talking about this right now? I'm feeling overwhelmed. Like I just need to, I just like the kettle's about to like, you know, I just need, I just need like a couple minutes or maybe an hour, maybe it's a day. And then we'll come back to it when I, have just sent recentered myself again. Oh, I love that. So it's part like awareness on your part, working on your own triggers, being aware of them while also at the same time, him being patient and also realizing, oh, this is one of her triggers. Like this yeah. is not who she it's is. It's not her. Yeah. It's not her. Yeah. So do you guys have any triggers that are completely opposite? Because one of mine is um is if I'm being ignored or if I've brought something up and the other person will not talk about something, for me, that's a trigger mm-hmm. and it's is very powerful. But the problem is when the other person, if their trigger is talking about it right away, it's like the complete opposite. It's like, hey, I need something. And they're like, hey, no, I need space. Right. What do you do in that in that case, or I don't know if you guys just have a similar, like anything that's complete opposite or conflicting, or if your triggers kind of actually work together and you can understand each other's. I think both of our triggers are actually very similar. So we both have yeah. like feelings of abandonment, right? So like, mm-hmm. I always want to feel safe and I will always want to make sure, you know, that this is, or like the other thing that I'll think is like, oh, he's bored of me now. 
Like, oh, he's not like he's not interested in me anymore. And like this morning, impossible, impossible <laughs> to be ever bored of you. Oh my gosh, you're like so. This morning, I'll tell you something. Like, uh, I went down. I came downstairs. He wakes up really early to do work. I came downstairs to do my workout. I came down in like little short shorts and like a little like a little tank top or whatever. Yeah. And I was waiting for him to be like, "Wow, I really like your shorts." And he didn't. He didn't. Ha- he didn't say anything. He was like, "Good morning," and like kind of went back to his work. And my little little stuff. He was like, "Oh, wait, I'm in shorts. Do you see? Like, look." <laughs> Like it was just like that. It's winter. I'm wearing shorts. It's like winter time. Like, don't you see how short these are? And you know, so I was just kind of waited for a minute and I caught myself. I was like, oh, there she is. There she is yeah. looking for the thing. So I was like, good morning. And then like made my little coffee, went downstairs, did my workout, and uh came upstairs. And he still didn't say anything. And so uh, like after breakfast, I said to him, Hey honey, um, I just wanted to like, did you notice that I was wearing shorts? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you look amazing. Like, I just, you know, you look great. Like, I just love when you wear shorts. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I just, I love it when you, when you notice. He's like, oh, I noticed, but I just, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't like, I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So that would be a much healthier. And then it was gone. And then it was like, yeah, yeah. He, he noticed, he saw the booty. He was fine. You know, like, we're all good. He's not bored of me. So, but the, but the initial thinking would have been like, don't you see what I wear? Like, I just put the thing, you know, like you have, there's that kind of like initial primitive, like, oh, there it is. There it is. Right. Like, he's, and I could have chosen to say in my mind, like, oh, sorry, he's bored of me. Like, it doesn't matter. I could be naked. Mm-hmm. He won't care, you know? Yeah. And um, just, I think I brought it up in a, in a healthier, healthier way. Like, hey, like, did you notice? Like, I just love when you compliment me. It makes me feel so good. Yeah. And he was like, oh no, I totally, like, I totally noticed, you know, like he, but just... He was in the middle of. He wakes up at five to do like his thinking and strategy, and sometimes, you know, like the yeah. he's not in relationship mode. He's in like you know somewhere else in his brain. So to give and him- it's okay to say, yeah, totally. hey, I need a little like I need a little attention right now. Like I yeah. want to feel like a hot mama exactly. instead of having that thought in our heads, and we're like we're gonna do everything to get that reaction or yes. that kind of thing from the person. Yeah. Instead, you're just being like more honest. Oh, I love that. Okay. And then like the triggers and the figuring each other out is probably way more loud in the beginning of a relationship. But how, like, does that really slow down? I think that's my fear with relationships is that beginning part is really challenging to navigate and then go, well, are we going to have this problem forever? Is it always going to be this, this like, okay, let's talk about how this makes me feel and how this makes you feel. And I think I can stop right there because I don't want to envision like my life 40 years later still talking about this certain thing. Mm -hmm. So from you, I would love to hear if that kind of slows down and it becomes more comfortable and those conversations happen less and less. Dr. Stephanie, please give me hope that one day... Well, this is the thing. I, you know, we still have, we don't have the same conversations as often. So Mm. in the beginning, I think there's a lot of like figuring each other out and figuring out the rhythms and the cadence and like what his triggers are. And when, like when I notice him being triggered um, for me to be able to hold space for him and vice versa, as we've talked about, I think that it would be unreasonable though, to expect that those things are always, they're going to go away completely. So Mm. I, I am... I am okay with us always having the same trigger, the same core wound. I'm always going to have as much work as I do on myself, as much as I become awake, the more conscious I become. I know that I will always have a 
even if it's just the residue, <laughs> leftover residue yeah. of abandonment, of not feeling safe, of like not having my nest, like those are my core wounds. Those are the things where I, uh, those are the things that can really get me into like scarcity and fear really, really quickly. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna. It's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. So just an understanding and acceptance that those are going to be always my things. Understanding what Giovanni's uh, core wounds are. Um, and then just having, you know, we call it the bubble. Like it's like the safe bubble where we can always just, we can be the super productive, like super successful. And we can also be the lazy sloth, scared, snotty nosed, ugly crying person. And it's still okay. So I would say that we don't talk about it as often because there's like an understanding and there's been healing, right? Like you also, as time goes on, hopefully uh, you are the type of person who is continuing to work on yourself and continuing to up level and and metabolize some of these things, or at least become more conscious of your own patterns and having more self awareness. But it those things still come up. Like this morning, I was in shorts, and I'm like, "See, he doesn't notice my shorts, and like I'm yeah. ugly now, and like he's bored of me, and like he's just gonna leave me, and like that's where your mind like it's within within milliseconds. I'm like, he's gonna leave me. He doesn't like me. Like he didn't say anything about my shorts. So it's still it's still there. It's just having the awareness that that narrative uh, is there, but you are not those things. You are not those thoughts. They're just thoughts that are happening. So if you can, if you can just give yourself a little bit of separation between the thoughts that are happening and the emotional reaction to it, like, okay, like maybe he still like actually really likes me in shorts. Like maybe he's still super attracted to me, but he's just distracted because he's been writing a thesis on, you know, or he's preparing for his event, which he's throwing on Friday. You know, he's, he's, he's actually running an event tomorrow. Um, Oh, you just give me the biggest aha moment because it's also building trust. Trust that when these things come up, you guys will be able to navigate them and work through them. And it's just like, okay, it's okay that this same issue comes up because I trust that we will be able, like you have proof that you've been able to handle it before. Therefore, it gives you more confidence the next time it pops up. I think that's what it is for me. I need more time to go, oh, we can handle this. Or or like, he's going to see me like this. Like yeah. he's going to see me in this super vulnerable or like super angry. And we all know anger is just like a cover for fear, right? Like it's like, he's going to see me that way. And is that going to change the way he feels about me? Well, no, it shouldn't because we're all like that. You know, you have those things where you are going to be snotty nosed and crying and you have the ugly cry. And there's yeah. like these like wounds that are, you're like, oh my God, look at my wounds. You yeah. know, like, let me, 
don't let me, you can't see these. I'm like this number no longer in service. I've moved. I've changed my name. (laughs) Je suis Véronique. I am Veronique. Sorry, you must have the wrong number because uh, this is Veronique. Uh, Sorry, I don't know your name. (laughs) Okay, the safe little bubble. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> leads us to your engagement story because I have to say, for me, your engagement story is like the epitome of romance. Oh. Like I've never been, a, I want to be in a restaurant and he kneels down and the restaurant, like entire restaurant, like claps because I'm like, and the ring is in the champagne and you choke <laughs> and you die. <laughs> I'm like, is that that's safe? where my mind like, goes. I'm like, don't put it in the champagne, idiot. Yeah. Like all the food you're eating, you're like, I know there's a ring in here. Yeah. No, but your story is like, oh, it's so intimate. It's so special. It's thoughtful. Oh, I loved it. So I'll, so, I'll give the Bettys a little. So yeah. Giovanni is the king of big and over the top. So if you've yeah. ever been to an he runs events for entrepreneurs, he does business coaching and all this. So he will run events for thousands of people. He'll have circus performers and he'll have space uh he'll have like you know um rocket ships and dry gas being pumped out into the audience and yeah. he has Akon and he has like you know singers that are coming and all the things, right? All the big names in the entrepreneur. Yeah. So it's like okay, He's going to do the same thing. So my... Even your dates. He's like rented out a whole store for you with like a change room and got some clothes pulled. Like Champagne and chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Over the top. Always. Over the top. Okay. He's going to propose at Summit. He's going to propose in front of what... So I was always on high alert. I was like... I am like the De Niro, like I am watching you. I know my radar. I can sniff this a mile away because I know exactly the type of thing that you like to do. Like I'm going to get, I'm going to, before you even do it, I'm going to say, you're proposing to me, aren't you? Like that's when like- When he had the it, ring and I was over and he yeah. would like say something to me, I was like, what are you doing? Do you know who is in this home with us right now? Like, shh. My bunny ears, like my antennas. I was like, I will know. I will know. The minute I will know. And it's like, I was always like, I'm going to ruin your proposal. I'm going to ruin it because you're going to have this big thing. And I'm like, you're proposing right now, aren't you? Before the thing happens, right? So he did the, because he's so goddamn smart, did the antithesis of that. So we were in bed one night. It was um, June 30th. So um, yeah, June 30th. June 30th. Yeah, it was June 30th. And he was like, what do you love about me? And we have this conversation all the time, right? So this is like a normal conversation where I'll like say like 10 things or 15 things about him and he'll say things about me. So I was like, well, and like just knew that it was like one of our conversations. I was like, mm-hmm. well, I love that you're, that you love my kids and I love, you know, how gentle you are with me. And I love that you give me a hug in the morning, no matter what. And I love all these things, whatever. So I list all the things. And I was like, now it's my <laughs> turn. Now I get the compliments. Like, so tell me what you love about me. So, but I said before, before you do that, because it's nighttime, I was like, I need to put my oils on. <laughs> if you know Betty's, I love to put on serums on my face. So I love olive oil and I have these um, oils from Living Libations that I use like religiously. So I'm like, mm-hmm. hold the thought. Think about all the good things that you love about me. I'm going to go... The visual of you putting your oils on, being so excited about to get like 20 compliments is like my favorite thing to imagine ever. Because I can just imagine you like... <laughs> yes. I was like, okay. I don't know about my turn. 20 compliments from my husband, my, my boyfriend. Blah, blah. So when I did my oils and I was like, okay, 
I'm ready now. Like I came again. Like I'm ready for you to Sit bathe down me. like Mama. a goddess. Like I'm ready. <laughs> Do we, we have a feather? Me? Is the feather who has the feather? <laughs> you know, who has the big leaf? To, so anyway, so I so I go back into the bedroom and then on the pillow there are three pages of things that he loves about me. Mm-hmm. My brain is still distracted that there are three pages of compliments that my I, it doesn't like, clue this in. Is better than expected. Like, made no printed. <laughs> it's printed for everyone to see. So I'm like reading all the things and like I finished page one and I'm like, you know, like ah, yeah. page to read. So read page two, read page. There's 126 items. So 126 is a really important number for him. Um, and then the last one, like number 126 was, and you said yes. And so I was like, and like before I could compute, he had the ring, you know, I was like, will you marry me? Um, so of course I said, yes. And I was like, oh, you're good. You, you're good. You, because my brain was so overwhelmed with the compliments that my cortex shut off. It was like compliments. <laughs> and what is such a beautiful addition to that story is how similar the things that you had been saying to yeah. him about the things that you love about him. The same. Were... We said the same things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then what the first thing we do is like, it was like 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, major you up. <laughs> I'm like, major. He's like, Oh, finally. Like I, guys, I'm not a secret keeper. I don't like it. Steph reads everything that's going on with me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've avoided eye contact. For, like, <laughs> Do you hate me? Do you hate me, Major? Because for two weeks you haven't looked at me in the face. So do we need to talk? (laughs) You're like, no, it's just the ring. I can't look. You're gonna read. Okay. Okay. We're gonna go into the questions. Oh my gosh. Yes, we gotta this is an AMA. (laughs) I'm very excited about these questions. Betty's, if you hear me super quiet, it's just because some of them are like things that I'm really interested in learning. There's yeah. other questions that I'm like, ooh, can't wait to dive in. Mm. But here we go. Are you ready? Ready, ready, like Freddie. All right. That okay. That so this one's from Vessa. Thank you for writing in your question. It's Dr. Stephanie, what's your thoughts on melatonin supplements for sleep and to aid with the mitochondria? Dosage, long-term use. Oh, this is such a good question. So melatonin is actually... Uh, one of these compounds that we used to think was just like for sleep, right? It's like the hormone of darkness. You know, I wrote about this in my book. I actually call it like for people that will get my humor. I'm like, hormone of darkness, no affiliation with Darth Vader, but how cool would that be if he was, you know? (laughs) So melatonin comes out when there's no light. Okay. So the absence of light. And we thought for forever that it was just this thing that initiated sleep. But we know now, I mean, it's a hormone of the pineal gland. Um, It has been shown to have numerous protective actions, right? So... And particularly, uh, as Vesa has correctly said, with the with the mitochondria. So when we think about um, what it does, it has been it. And actually, uh, before I even kind of go into what it does, yeah. really importantly with melatonin, it's formed in the mitochondria, and the mitochondria has melatonin receptors. So this is uh, a really strong argument for melatonin as being a very powerful antioxidant. Because when we think about all the other vitamins that have been touted as antioxidants, like the vitamin A and C and E and all this kind of they can't actually get into where it counts, which is in the mitochondria to be able to, you know, scavenge free radicals and all that kind of stuff. So melatonin is, and I'll talk about the cellular defense system uh, in just a sec to um, answer her question, but melatonin for my super nerdy Betty's 
down regulates activities of nitric oxide uh, oxide synthases of astrocytes and uh, and the microglia in the brain. So we've talked about the brain uh, before. We think about like what's the brain cell? It's the neuron, right? So the neuron is the cell in the brain that kind of communicates. This is what we you know talks through action potentials, it's electric signaling. But what actually outnumbers neurons in the brain is the immune cells in the brain called the astrocytes or the microglia. These are like the pool boys, right? These are like the landscapers mm. of the brain. So they will clear out like old dendrites and like neurons that are not working properly. And so they'll clear it out. So we always have like new fresh neurons. But when you are stressed, your astrocytes can also go a little bit nuts. So they can actually start clearing out neurons that are actually really healthy. So melatonin can downregulate the astrocyte and and, uh, microglial activity that's unnecessary uh, in the brain. And of course, um, again, this is for my nerdy betties. I'll put this in the show notes so you guys can follow along as well, but it will reduce electron leakage. So in the mitochondria, we have something called the electron transport chain. And there can be periods of opening in the... um, uh, in the mitochondria where you can get these electrons that are kind of leaking out, right? So they will uh, reduce that. They will, like I said, scavenge free radicals uh, and increase levels of antioxidants like glutathione, which is the, the master antioxidant um, in the body. So melatonin super duper important. So I was talking about the antioxidant system before, um, how it actually has, there's receptors on the mitochondria for melatonin, that melatonin can actually be be produced de novo within the mitochondrial cell. It also does something called autophagy and mitophagy. So autophagy, uh, you're familiar with, we've talked about this with fasting, right? So like when we break down the word, aftos is the Greek for self, phagos, the word for eat. So you're eating, like you're eating yourself. Uh, This is basically like consuming the cells that no longer are serving you. So in the same way that the microglia, the astrocytes in the the brain can kind of gobble up all the neurons and the dendrites and all the pieces, the bits of nucleotide and all the stuff that's floating around, cellular debris that we don't need. Autophagy does the same thing. Mitophagy, same basic process. It's just localized to the mitochondria. So melatonin regulates autophagy and mitophagy. Um, And it also builds this antioxidant defense system. So this is one of the newer functions that as we are having a better understanding of mitochondria, uh, we know that every single night when you sleep, the cellular antioxidant system is going to be regenerating. It's going to be replenishing the supply of antioxidants like the glutathione and all that stuff for the next day. So when you don't sleep enough, when you're not getting good sleep, what happens? You don't have enough of those right. antioxidants, right? So you're not scavenging those free radicals. And now your, your mitochondria, these battery packs, these powerhouses of the cell, they're not, um, they're getting damaged as well. And of course, when we have enough mitochondria, when we accumulate enough mitochondria being damaged, then the mitochondria essentially sends out like a, a distress signal to all the other mitochondria that's like, we're under attack. So they stop making ATP. They stop making energy and they go into this like defense mode to protect them because they're, they're, they, they're like, this is a threat. We got we to gotta get out of here. And that's, you know, the chronic accumulation of that is where we get chronic fatigue syndrome, where we get fibromyalgia, we get burnout, we get all these um, energetic deficiencies. So it's really important for us to be thinking about proper sleep. And that's where melatonin comes in. And of course, the um, 
the big problem with melatonin is that we have this modern world that's like perfectly designed to destroy it, right? Like we wear sunglasses during the day because we want to air quotes, protect our eyes, you know, which is like ludicrous. Always like, unless you are looking at the sun, you don't need sunglasses or maybe when you're skiing or something, you need sunglasses, but you know, we wear sunglasses during the day and then at night we're bombarding our our eyes with this blue light from our devices, from our phones, from our TVs. Mm-hmm. And what happens is we have this area in the brain, it's called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. It's like the circadian biology regulator. It's like the master clock. So this clock tells your body when it's daytime, tells your body when you're sleeping. If you are putting blue light, so blue light from computers, blue light from your phone, from your devices, and set like lights are on in the house in the evening when it's dark outside, it's sending a daylight signal to your... Like your brain's like, oh, it's day. And that will inhibit melatonin. 10 p.m. last night, I was texting, talking about how my deep sleep has been disruptive. And I was like, maybe that's because I'm I'm shoving blue light in my eyeballs right now as I complain about my deep sleep. As I complain about sleep, I'm like in front of my phone. But you're not the only one. It's like, you know, and I, 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 sometimes I catch myself doing it too. Like that when I got engaged, I was like, where are you? I'm up, you know, like we didn't sleep that night. So um, the release of melatonin actually depends on the absence of that light. So it depends. It's like, that's why I call it the hormone of darkness, no relationship to Darth Vader, you know, but it's this, it's, it's the absence of those specific wavelengths. It's the absence of the blue light. So, Evolution from an evolutionary perspective, we are designed to be outdoors, mm-hmm. you know, during the day, or at least be by a window where we can, you know, see natural light. And then in the evening, when it gets dark outside, you should also have minimal lights on. And I, well, we t- we've talked about this on, I've done masterminds and stuff um, in Giovanni's uh, company where I've talked about how we actually mimic the whatever it looks like outside, no matter what season, it looks like that inside. So we're, we have four seasons where I live. We're in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Canada, East Coast, uh, East Coast represent. And then we have, so we have, you know, when it's right now, it's kind of fall, right? So it's kind of getting dark, 6 30, 7 o'clock, right? But at 7 o'clock, we don't have lights on. So the lights turn off. I have these little, um, uh, these like little hall lights. Like I have this little plug in light in the plug on the bottom of the, like it's at the bottom of the wall. Mm-hmm. So it's just enough light for me to not fall down the stairs or yeah. like to walk into a door frame. So it's just like very, very minimal light, but just to give me enough to like not injure Same myself. Cozy feeling, right? Like I have that instinct naturally at night to just want to be really cozy and put yeah. candles and stuff, like no overhead light. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We also do candlelight yeah. dinner. We yeah. eat by candlelight when it's dark outside. So, and that goes through even until like the, the winter solstice, like when it's like dark at four, you know, like mm-hmm. our lights are dark at four because that's winter. Yeah. And I want our I want us to be as attuned to the seasons as we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the summer, of course, it's like not dark until like nine. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. lights are on until nine. So the whole point of this, the whole point of me kind of going through this circadian biology, like, you know, geeky magic carpet ride, um, or what Peter Atia would call a nerd safari, which I love, is, um, you know, this circadian disruption, right? So when you have the circadian disruption, because you are blaring your eyes with this blue light, it's going to suppress your melatonin. It's going to cause mitochondrial dysfunction because you can't like replenish those antioxidants. And then that leads to fatigue and disease. So her question around, like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is melatonin is super important. Yeah. Um, 
before she starts supplementing, before she starts thinking about dosage, which, you know, I'll just say like 0.2 milligrams to five milligrams is generally Mm -hmm. considered safe. But before she even goes down the supplement route, I would try to optimize her life to be um, conducive to melatonin secretion. So some of the things we talked about, candlelight dinners and lower, making the inside of the house look like the outside of the house, uh, all season, all season long, shutting off your devices at least an hour or two mm-hmm. before it's bedtime. Those things are really going to help your brain detect that it is in fact nighttime and that it is in fact um, time for melatonin to come out and play. So I would start with that first. And then after that, if that's still not working, because we know that also melatonin also degrades, like we have less melatonin when we're older than we do um, as we're younger, which is actually one of the reasons why we think um, kids are, you know, with this whole Rona, uh, melatonin seems to be playing a role in like the concentration of melatonin also seems to be playing a role in um, in who gets it and who doesn't. But um, yeah, so mel- I would say five milligrams, super easy to start off with. Um, but I would start with all the circadian biology stuff first. That's so good. Um- it reminds me, I sent you a meme the other day and it was like, new date idea. Come over at 9 p.m. We'll take two melatonin and have 10 hours sleep. I was exactly. Like, perfect date night. <laughs> perfect, perfect date night. Yes. Okay. So our next question is from Ashley. And I know I know you love to talk about muscle gain. So here it is. I'm lost as a... Con- Gains with a Z. No, yeah. Keep going. Okay. Sorry. It's my own stupid joke. <laughs> I'm so entertained by it, but no one gets it. Okay, go okay. on. I'm going to add that Z in just for you. Listen to this. Yeah. I'm lost as it concerns muscle gains Z. while on keto. Seems like the keto diet conflicts with eating high protein, which is what I learned that you need in order to build muscle mass efficiently. Building muscle is my long-term goal. Love yeah, it. Go, yeah, Betty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous to start with the Estima diet because I'm wondering if it's the right diet for my goals. Or maybe I should do TED for a while for the weight loss component and then switch over to a high-protein diet in order to build the muscle I want to gain. Your insight on this is greatly appreciated. Thanks in advance. Well, lucky for you, actually, that that's exactly what the Estima diet is in a nutshell. So we actually have... So what she's laid out is, you know, when we first started the Estima diet, it was only phase one, which I'm going to talk about in a sec. But then we wanted to add in phase two with protein cycling for this very reason, because muscle gain is so important for women over the long term, particularly in... I don't know how old Ashley is, but particularly in perimenopause and as we move into muscle into menopause, muscles for days with a Z. So... Um, Phase one with the Estima diet is actually just all about metabolic flexibility. It is a ketogenic diet designed for women. And what that means is we are going to reduce your carbohydrates. So we restrict your carbohydrates. We bring down protein consumption. So it's like a moderate, like I would consider that like a moderate amount of protein that you're consuming every day. So it's about 20% of your total calories. Um, but that macronutrient restriction, both the protein, so we're bringing down proteins, but specifically with the carbohydrates, this is going to um, deplete your glucose, like your glucose stores in the body, the glycogen. Uh, it is going to, uh, we talked ad nauseum with Dr. David Sinclair on sirtuin activation. Mm-hmm. He's episode 10, I believe, or 11. So go back and check him out and that conversation. And we talked about actually low protein. We talked about cold and we talked about um, you know the ketogenic diet and fasting as proxies for anti-aging. And part of that is through sirtu- something called sirtuins. So 
it is really the first phase of the Estima diet is all about activating these ancient metabolic pathways. And the thing that I love about the keto diet, and I will love it, it's not a fad, it's like here to stay, is it is the only diet that has a metabolic biomarker. You know if you're in ketosis by because you have these ketone bodies that are being produced. Mm -hmm. And this ancient metabolic pathway was for when we did not live in an Uber Eats world where food is you know no longer than 20 minutes from your door. So it is really about... Uh, act, like the ketone bodies are basically opening up your fat, like you're getting into your fat cells. Fat cells are being um, broken down into a glit, like a triglyceride is like what our fats are stored as. Like a fat cell has triglycerides as the storage form and a triglyceride. Tri meaning three, three fatty acids with a glycerin backbone. That's where the glyceride comes from. So um, just as a little... So uh, fatty acids um, can be an energy substrate for most of the body, save for our red blood cells and our brain, two kind of important you know, mm-hmm. parts of the body yeah. that need uh, energy. So the fatty acids will go through a second pass through the liver, and then the liver will convert those into ketone bodies, which now can pass through the blood-brain barrier, now can be used for our red blood cells. So that is all about ancient pathways and metabolic flexibility, getting fat adapted. And that what that means is we are typically 100% of the time, almost 100% of the time, if we're not thinking about it, mm-hmm. glycolytic. We are burning sugar as our energetic fuel source. Yeah. So this allows us to be ketogenic, meaning that we are generating uh, genesis, uh, ketone bodies, ketogenic. So and this is going to be, and ketone bodies come from our fat. So we want, and that's actually where, when we're thinking about weight loss, we want to have fat loss. It's not just, and that's another, you know, another mm-hmm. soapbox I can get up on because people are so concerned about the numbers on the scale and not actually the composition. Like you, if you are wanting to air quotes lose weight, what you are really saying is, I really want to lose fat. You don't want to lose organs. You don't want to lose muscle tissue. You don't want to lose density in your bones. Those things you want, you want those to be heavy. And dense. What you want is you want to reduce the amount of adipose tissue that you have or adiposity that you have. So that's what that phase one does. Now, when you lose weight, or if you are someone who doesn't want to lose weight, but you are experiencing energ- energetic lags that we were talking about, uh, you know, you have hormone dysregulation, you have brain fog, that is a per- like this phase one of the Estima diet is perfect for you to start a reset. Once you kind of reclaim your energy, you've lost the weight, your hormones are looking good. um, Then you can move into what Ashley is talking about, which is phase two of the Estima diet, which is essentially protein cycling, carbohydrate cycling, and calorie cycling. And it's based on your menstrual cycle. If you are someone who's in her reproductive years, or if you're menopausal, it's still for you. We still want you to be protein cycling and carb cycling. We just don't calorie cycle you because you don't like the... I'll link to the old... We've talked about the Estima diet and like the cadence of the menstrual cycle before. But in week four, for women who are still menstruating, we need to increase her calories that week because she's building up an an endometrial lining. So she actually needs more calories in week four of her uh, menstrual cycle to be able to allow for that buildup, right? And if we actually do serum, if we draw, if we look at her plasma, we'll see that she's using up her amino acids. There's more nitrogen utilization. Amino acids are uh, being used up. Glucose is used up. Fatty acids are used up. All these things, like your your body's just like, okay, I've got to build up the endometrial lining. It's like it's like endometrial lining or bust. Mm-hmm. But if you're menopausal, of course, you're not doing that anymore. Right. But you still 
still need to be cycling your protein. You still want to be every other week increasing your protein and then playing with your carbs in the opposite weeks because we also know that as we age, we become more resistant. We become more anabolic. There's this anabolic resistance that happens so sensitizing, like upping and downing, like protein cycling will help that sensitization to protein so that you can continue to gain your muscles. And I am with you a thousand percent, Ashley. Gaining weight uh, in terms of muscle weight yes. is always the goal, is yeah. always the goal. So you either want to maintain your lean, like the muscle mass that you have, or you want to add to it. Because as we age, there is this tendency to lose muscle. We tend to sacrifice our functional tissue uh, and we actually get kind of like, you know, uh, absolutely we become, and relatively we be, we become more adipose uh, dominant, like more fat dominant. So mm-hmm. lifting weights, always yes. So to answer your question, um, what you're describing is the Estima diet in its, in its totality, but we divide it into like phase one and phase two. Do you think that thought or that fear comes from just the misconception of like the keto, like doing dirty keto and they don't really have um, a healthier version or like a more um, plant-based like veggie, like that kind of thought? Is that is that where that comes from or is it just this protein obsession that our culture has? You know, it's a good question. I don't know if I have the answer yeah. to it. I think that people are scared of restricting protein. Right. Uh, there's actually quite a bit of evidence around um, the longevity, like, you know, not activating AMP kinase and activating these, the like mTOR, uh, which is the mammalian target of rapamycin. These are um, uh, growth pathways. And there has been some implication with the constant activation of these pathways that we age faster. So, you know, David Sinclair, if you speak to him, he will restrict his protein because he wants to downregulate the activation of these pathways. However, we do want them activated some of the time and especially when it is concerning muscle growth. We want mTOR activated. We want it, the AMP pathway to be um, activated because we want to gain, we want to be able to drive muscle synthesis. Right. Um, so I think it's appropriate some of the time and you can, you know, there's two ways to grow muscle. One is through your diet, which is protein. And the other way is through mechanical stimulation, which is actually getting in the gym mm-hmm. and pumping iron. Um, and I think the portions, the portions of protein or meat are what people really have a misconception about, right? Oh, like, I agree. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you know, every yeah. time I go to Europe, I'm reminded of how little I actually should be eating because they give you, like you go to, even though like you go to Italy and they give you pasta, pot pasta, but it's like they give you an appropriate portion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in North America, and this is true for, you may have traveled all over the States like 30 times over and same with Canada. We have huge effing portion sizes. Like you go to the, you know, uh, I'm not going to like name, I won't like call out restaurants, but like you get like the, it's just like the whole plate is full. And it's like, my stomach is about the size of my palm. How am I going to fit all of this in there? So I think that there's, um, I think overall portion control is actually really important. And that's actually why I really like measuring my food because you cannot. And the other thing when we're thinking about weight loss is all things equated, calories count, right? Like we have yes. to be thinking about calories in some way. Like there was, we just released um, the Geeky Magic on Dr. Ethan Weiss's um, uh, mm. recent study on intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, it doesn't work because no one lost weight. It's like, well, I love you and I respect you, but you didn't, you didn't count, you didn't, you yeah. know, 
thing for you didn't uh, control, pardon me, for calories. Like, how could you not do that? Like, how, like, what is the point in the study? Um, strong words, but you know, <laughs> yeah. So that's my answer there. Yeah. Okay. This next question, I read it. I was like, huh? I, I've, I have never heard of this. I don't know what this is. I saw it in your notes and I'm like, ooh, I mean, Betty here to learn. Mm. So it's thoughts on the, and Correct me if I don't say this correctly. Correctly, taxonomy of yep. German new medicine. Said it perfectly. Yeah. So I will. Why have I never heard of this? Where does this come from? Am I missing something? It's kind of the. I don't know if it's a new thing. Um, I will say, you know, with my hand over my Betty Hart, that I have heard of it. I've heard like Dr. Kelly Brogan. She was on the podcast. She was talking about it a little bit, and I was mm-hmm. like. What? So I went on a little bit of a research rabbit hole because I've heard and I see like I follow her on Instagram. She talks about it a lot. And I'm like, okay, what is this thing? So I didn't want to just answer this question and be like, well, I've heard of it, but I don't really know much about it. So I'll tell you a little bit about what I've discovered. Um, it's actually not too far off of my own thoughts on adaptation and maladaptation in the body. I really like the way that they look at the balance between sympath- the sympathetics and the parasympathetic nervous system, which of course is my training and like what I've you know, based my career on really is like brain health and the balance of the autonomics. Um, and we've talked about it in many, and we've talked about it on in in sort of roundabout ways with with certain practitioners we've had on the podcast. So, for example, Dr. Dale Bredesen, uh, you know, two times has been on the podcast talking about Alzheimer's, and one of the things that he said, which I thought was really interesting, was the beta amyloid plaques that we see in, all, in Alzheimer's disease. Like we see this placking and this like tar-like substance in the brain, is actually an appropriate response by the brain. It's not like, an, you know, previously with Alzheimer's, the, the pharmaceutical target has been to remove the beta amyloid plaques or the tile tangles or whatever. But they've been, these all these Alzheimer's drugs have been completely unsuccessful because those beta amyloid plaques just come back. And the question is, well, why? why? It's, yeah. it's the adaptation of the brain because it's, maybe it's in a toxic, maybe there's, maybe the brain and the body have been living in mold or there's been heavy metal exposure or there's been, you know, it's been bathing in insulin or, you know, all the different types of categories that, um, that they classify Alzheimer's into. Beta amyloid plaques are actually an appropriate adaptation to protect the brain. So he talks about it being like napalm. Like, okay, we're going to sacrifice some of the brain surface area, but we're going to protect the really important parts, right? So um, what what German New Medicine, I think, is saying is that there are no diseases or they have a certain word for diseases. I think they call it like specific biological systems or programs or whatever. But what they what they look at in terms of disease is that every disease is caused by some emotional conflict. It's a biological conflict like you get divorced, right? Or you have a physical, like you, you know, you have some sort of biological or physical, like heavy metal mold exposure, fall off a ladder, you know, some sort of shock, like it shocks the body in some way, physical, chemical, emotional, neurospiritual. And then it affects the body at three different levels at the same time, psyche, brain, organ, which I'm on board for. I think that, and they have this whole, I mean, they have this whole classification and nomenclature, like the, the breast tissue, it's like, you'll get glandular, like you'll have like a glandular issue. If this happens, like a separation happens, you'll have ductal issues in the breast. If this, like they have this whole thing, um, around like what kind of diseases you'll get based on what kind of, um, you know, insult you endure. But what I really like about the way that they view, it's very similar to chiropractic philosophy, in my opinion, in that there's this, there's this 
oscillation between sympathetics and parasympathetics, right? So you are sympathetic maybe more in the day. And then at night, we we have melatonin secreting, we're going mm-hmm. to sleep, we have the antioxidants habit, you're more vagatone, like you're you're vagus and you're, you're you have more vagatonia, you're more, you know, parasympathetic in nature. And then when you have this insult, like moving to a new house, like I just had, or when my clinic burned down uh, in 2016, this is a very sympathetic time. So you actually lose the parasympathetics, right? Like for me, you were saying like, I wasn't talking to you and we didn't have those times. Like it's because I was packing and like cursing my life. Like, oh my God, I have all this shit. I have to pack away and move. So you're in this like sympathetic dominant state. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, you know, when you remove the stressor, hopefully the, then you kind of become more parasympathetic. So you like take longer sleeps and like, you know, maybe you, maybe you're exhibiting symptoms of the body purging. Like maybe you get a cold or, you know, you're sniffly or you're coughing or, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, so I like, I like the way that they outline that because it's very much in line with the way that the nervous system works. Um, there are many things I don't understand about it, but it, on the surface, it, it, it seems pretty legit. I would have to, I would have to kind of do a deeper dive into all the little nomenclatures and like, what is the, so they have this theory of what it is and then like, okay, what's the intervention? Like, what do we do? So that part, I don't know that much about, but it seemed like kind of on initial inquiry, it seemed, you know, like something I would be, I'd be into. All right. Something for me to continue my search later. Okay. I love this question. This is from Jenny. Female friendships, and we touched a bit on it at the beginning, Mm. but she's asking when to hang on to them and when to let them go. Mm. You want to take this one first? I got some thoughts, but... I have so many thoughts. And actually, I have this dream muse that visits me in my dreams. And last night, after I put my phone away in the blue light, I, I was like... I knew this question was going to be here. And I'm like, I really, what is in my heart? Like in my dreams, I just want to know how I really want to answer this. I want to know what has helped me, what has served me. So last night when I was dreaming, my dream muse was taking me through all of these moments. And what was really obvious is that the more I uh, heal my feminine energy, the more healthy my female relationships have become. Wow. That's great. Same for you. Do you, do you would you Same. agree? I would agree a Same. thousand percent. I love the way you put that in. That's so well said. And I was like, it was really when I was fully in my masculine that I just was not in the friendships that were serving me or that were nurturing me or that were loving or or held a lot of space for me and we're just couldn't put my finger on it but I was just like this is really this is really what I want to be doing am I just going through the motions of what I think a friendship should be um and then I started really thinking is everything that if you're in a friendship and there's something that that person isn't giving to you, if you're going, oh, she's not giving me her time, she's not giving me her attention, I would invite you to look at, are you giving those things to yourself? And to really start, like, if you notice that other people aren't giving things that you feel that you need or want or desire, if you start giving those things to yourself first, I would then, like, start with that and then see how you feel about the friendship. 
that might really clear it up because if you're giving it to yourself, you're not going to be so emotionally attached to what they're doing. You're not going to be triggered or you're not going to see it through like a, a, like that kind of filter. Mm -hmm. But that if you do give those things to yourself, but that there's still questions about the friendship and it's, it just becomes more clear of how healthy it is. So I would say start with giving those things to yourself. If that doesn't clear up how you're feeling about the friendship, then maybe that's something to let go. Um, and then this is, this is a big one is that I think we have this thought that people have to be all things to us. And we don't call a plumber to come in and do our electrical work, right? So yes, there are friendships. Our, our friendship is very special. It is many, many things, but that we can't expect most people in our life to give us everything that we need. And, and, you know, you might have this perfect picture of what you think friendship is. And, you know, I want them to listen to me. I want them to bake with me. I want them to be creative with me. I want them to talk children with me. And like, maybe those expectations aren't really fair and that you need to pull back and see like, oh, this friend, this is her gift. This is the moments I love spending with her. This is the time I love when we're together and it feels really healthy. And then really have those expectations and do those things. If there's someone that you just love cooking with, like that's your cooking buddy and you, you plan those things around that. But if they're not, if they don't listen to you in the way that you need to be listened to, maybe then maybe that's not your listen, Betty. Maybe that's, mm. that's your something else, Betty, but that you find those things in other places. Yeah. I think right? it's great. Like, I you think can't take your really... cooking Betty and make her into your let's talk about astrophysics Betty. Like maybe those two things yeah. don't, you know, those things don't go together. I I really like that. And I think and it's not fair. It's not fair it's to the not other fair. person. Yeah, because you're putting all these expectations. Yeah, that's so I love that so so much. I would the only thing I would add to that is for me. My rule of thumb is how do I feel after spending time with her? Yeah, so, so I've defined important. I've defined my expectations. You know, I know that this is my cooking Betty, or I know this is my whatever person. And do I feel happy and energized after I speak to her? Or do I feel really pulled to a former version of myself? Or what are the things that we talk about? You know, and I think that there's also if 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 the conversations are always just gossipy and complaining, you you might find that you feel like drained after, or you may feel that you don't feel that great. And I think that it's okay as well. I think as women, we're also trained to like move away from conflict so much. We're always like the Stepford wives, like everything's okay and nothing's right. But I think that I, I think that there's a an art to saying, listen, like I really love spending time with you. Is there a way? You know, sometimes I notice that, you know, we get into this like negative spiral and we mm -hmm. kind of, you know, we pull in like, you know, we talk about so-and-so and this, like, could we try or, you know, or what, once it's happening, you know, like, could we try like maybe trying to change the subject to a more positive spin? Yeah. Because it really leaves me feeling drained. And I think that standing up for yourself in that way is also really, or not standing, it's not standing, it's just setting a boundary, right? Because if you are always drained, you're like, oh God, she's coming over and all we're going to do yeah. is bitch. It's going to be a or bitch. It's unbalanced and it's like yeah. them talk, talk, talk about them. And then it's like, okay, bye. We never talked about me. Okay. Yeah. Did you ask me how I was? <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel after yeah. interacting with this person? Um, and for me, when I when I feel drained, it's usually a sign that I was pretending, you know, I was wearing a mask, 
not mm-hmm. not a mask for the Rona, but like a you know a, a, the proverbial mask that like I was being someone else, uh, being a former version of myself, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And dimming the light. If I notice that I'm starting yeah. to dim my light or or hold in g- great things that are happening to me or or really aware of how it's triggering or making the other person not feel good or if their ego is really getting in the way yeah. and I'm just not able to fully express myself, that's something where I'm like, you know what? That's that's not for me. That's that's old me. That is not me now. Um I just want to be my full self and I want the person around me to also be that so that I can be inspired and, and like be, feel joy for them and appreciation and, and happiness and gratitude. So you just reminded me of Darius. Do you remember when we were doing the five, like someone comes in, like the Betty walks into the room for the book and like, what do you, what's the first thing you do? What's the last thing you do? And I originally said, I would only share my wisdom with them. So we had like, so Darius has this process where you like pick five words. And one of the words was loving and another word was wisdom and like ancient wisdom and stuff. So I said, well, I would do, I would be loving for them first. Then I would have all these other words. And then the last thing, like once I got comfortable with them is I would start to share my wisdom. And you were like, I knew you would say that. And that has to change because you have to not dim your light and you have to be, you have to feel free to be, you know, as smart as you want, as geeky as you want from the beginning. And I was like, oh, damn. Oh, yeah. damn. Oh, damn. Yeah. I totally, totally do that. I totally am like, I'm just going to like hold You're protecting back. other people. You're like, oh yeah. no. I'm going to make them feel stupid. I'm going to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. They, they can't handle this conversation. I, I have all these stupid narratives and stories in my head. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. So that's something that I have to become more conscious of in my interactions with people is to just be okay being myself mm-hmm. and being okay, like letting, le- like letting the light shine, right? Not dimming the light and whatever people do with that is not my responsibility, right? It's, it's, a, it's like if the right person will be like, wow, wow, I really like what she's saying. Let me lean in for more. And the wrong person is going to say, wow, she's a really, she's a know it all, bossy, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't want to talk to her. So, like, you know, or whatever they're going to say. So, yeah. Um, and it's just that, you know, I, I think we think like, it's like a pride thing. We're like, we've been friends for 50 years. And that's great if it's a great friendship. Correct. But I don't think longevity is like the pat on the back or or the like the way to measure what a relationship has been. Yeah, it's and, the quality, not the quantity. Yeah. And we we, you know, we go through school with the same girls. So we think like, oh, we need to be friends with them forever. But it's okay. It's okay for friendships to be there for a moment, for a time. They're special. We, but they can also be let go and, and you can both grow and evolve and it doesn't have to be this. Let's just hold on to friendship. And that's the marker of a great, of a great friendship. Yeah. I think we got time for one more that, okay. that there's that moon one. one. Yeah. More. Let's, do that, let's do that moon cycle one. Yes. On the topic of menstrual cycle and moon phases, can you comment if there's a correlation between bleeding during new moon versus full moon? I've read some interesting theories, explanations on why this could be, but wanted to hear your take. Thanks. I want you to take this first. I have some thoughts, but I know I this some is... thoughts too. Let's, let's hear your thoughts. Well, we've been speaking about the photo shoot so much, but that morning was the new moon you and I both started menstruating Mm -hmm. that day Mm -hmm. and you and I've been like following the moon cycles at least 
maybe July. Yeah, we did like a moon circle with some ladies. It was a June or July. Yeah. So I don't know beforehand. I wasn't tracking the correlation between my cycle and, and the moon cycle. But ever since we have you and I, we bleed on the new moon, we ovulate on the full moon. Correct. Literally, I'm like, oh, there she is. I feel ovary on the right. There's Minnie, Minnie and Mickey. Yeah. And um, these are my thoughts on it. Like women, we put so much pressure on ourselves to have everything perfect. And like, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a great thing if you notice that your cycle is synced up with the moon, but don't put that pressure on yourself. It's more important to me that your periods are like painless, that your breasts aren't tender, that you're not like feel like your life is being destroyed every month. Like it's a bonus to me. I love it. It tickles me when I know that you and I and my girls are are, are menstruating in sync with the moon, but it's not, you're not bleeding wrong. If that, if it's no. right. Cause there's some women that are like, Oh, you know what? I bleed on the full moon and I ovulate on the new moon. It's like, great. Great. Wonderful. Love it. Yeah. You're aware of it. Like yeah. to me, it's like, and, and it, it's, it's great because you get to shed while you then began to manifest. And it's nice because it syncs up with the way the moon cycle. And then you ovulate when it's time to start, um, start releasing. But Betty, don't, don't put that. Don't fret, Betty. Don't fret. You, anything you are bleeding, whatever your, whatever your rhythm and cadence is, is fine. Um, If you spend more time outdoors, you may find that you start bleeding on the, on the new moon or on the full moon or whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it, It doesn't matter. As long as you're bleeding, like as long as you are getting your period every 27 to 32 days, and like like Major said, there's your breasts aren't angry, your stomach isn't distended. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes in like it cut like you know in in years past, getting my period on the day of a photo shoot would quite possibly be <laughs> the worst thing. Like I would be in the fetal position, mm-hmm. have someone rubbing my stomach or my back. Mm-hmm. I'd be crying. I'd be like it would it was quite possibly like my period was my nemesis, right? Yeah. But that it came in. You know, kind of like any other day, went out. You know, like and like no cramping, no clotting, no, just like a beautiful bleed. Like you know, it's like there's a really nice meme I'll put in the show notes. It's like anything you can do, I can do bleeding. You know, like I did a photo shoot bleeding. Like, oh my this, gosh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, anything you can do, I can do bleeding. Like it's just, it's just, uh, yeah. As long as your period is something that you is is celebratory, mm-hmm. you know, then you're doing it right. And if you're curious about it, start paying attention to the lunar cycle. Notice maybe it does sync up, maybe it doesn't, but there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's no extra magic. You are not more powerful if you're in cycle <laughs> with the moon, although sometimes we just like to uh, like... We pretend that we are. We pretend that we are. <laughs> No, oh. I love that. What a good. This is such a fun. I every time we do the AMA, and I promise, Pinky, I all my fingers are crossed, all my toes are crossed. We will never go this long without an AMA yeah. again. So um, this was so much fun. So much fun. So we're going to post in the Facebook group for AMA number nine. There's a couple of questions that we did not get to. There was yeah, one. there's a fasting one. So the one that you released recently, we have tons of stuff that's already been done on fasting and you just released this week um, about the study, Dr. Ethan Weiss's study and your thoughts yeah. on it. So 
We will answer them, but Betty, and there's one on dairy. Back. There's one on dairy that I want to choose. Oh, like, dairy, yes. dairy and information, That's but I will, will, will punt that to AMA number nine. Mm-hmm. And then if you, uh, Betty, if you want your questions answered, please come to our Facebook group. It's called better community it just has an exclamation after the better. Um, I've had some people say, I can't find it, but better with an exclamation point, better community. Yeah. And, uh, that's where we take our questions from. And, um, yeah. Any final, any final thoughts, Major? Oh, I love can't it. Wait for, so can't great. wait for the next one. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. All right. Thank you. Love you. Hey, love you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's geeky magic carpet ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only. And the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed. And the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Asuma and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.